0: welcome to this podcast from the european society of anesthesia and intensive care today we have the special pleasure to broadcast from the eu anesthesia congress in glasgow i'm your host alexandra drinks i'm from the alum hospital in munich and with me is dr matthew davis from the uk he's the president of the association of anesthetists and he works close to birmingham in a small hospital, which you can probably explain better to us.
1: Yes, thanks. It's uh, about an hour away from Birmingham. I work in Peterborough Hospital, just in Northwest Anglia NHS Trust, so just in the east of England.
0: <laughs> so today we will be talking about well-being in anesthesia and intensive care. And so let's start with what's the t- uh, situation today. What what's your opinion on the well-being of our society?
1: Yeah. Well, I think this is the this is the. This is the concern, isn't it? I mean, I think, you know, um, at a season intensive care as, as specialists over the last sort of two or three years, I think we've all gone through a, a very difficult time, um, uh, really in response to what has been a sort of, you know, uh, on the, the pandemic and that has led to a huge work intensity, huge pressure on any yeah. and intensivists to um, deliver on what have been extremely extreme and difficult circumstances so i I think we had a growing problem of an increasing well-being issue leading up to the to the pandemic but what what's happened over the last three years has really accelerated that problem and we're seeing the effects of a significant number of our colleagues and and specialists sort of really suffering the effects of that work intensity
0: yeah so what we often call it is fatigue and um, there have been several studies performed concerning fatigue in trainees and consultants in anesthesia so um, as far as i know there are over 70 percent of uh, our colleagues say that uh, they have concerns about their fatigue what's your opinion on that
1: yeah i mean i i think i think I think you're right I mean I think that's a very large proportion isn't it and actually the problem all starts with fatigue doesn't it I mean it's sort of a, it's a scale and I think there's no doubt that everybody is feeling a little bit fatigued and a lot of people are feeling fatigued to the point where it's really starting to affect the way they perform at work um, their ability to recover and um, there have been many sort of pieces of work that have looked at the incidence of fatigue amongst trainees amongst specialist doctors amongst consultants uh, and the effect of nighttime work all really showing that the the level of fatigue is 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 rising
0: yeah so um what are your thoughts about nighttime work because that's one of the big topics in fatigue concerning hours of shifts how long people work in europe many many trainees uh, still have 24 hour shifts which well, our big problem for yeah. being fatigued afterwards.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think um, it, it is what makes people tired. It's one of the huge factors that working both long hours and at hours where, where our body isn't supposed to be awake um, is is the problem with nighttime working. And I think. Uh, it's become plainly obvious for me talking to a lot of colleagues here at the European Society that in the UK we have quite strict ways of where the trainees and consultants can work in terms of hours of shifts but that is not what is happening a- across the continent and I think um, there are a lot of people working long shifts without breaks, and then are expected to go home, drive a car, do things that really they shouldn't be doing after such a long period and I think we've in our work that we've done looking at trainees particularly and then following consultants where we're limited to thirty. continuous hours of of work, even that has shown uh, sort of, well, I say even that, I mean, for me, it's still a long period of time working 13 (laughs) hours in a row. Um, um, And I I think um, there's clear demonstrable evidence of both a drop off on performance yeah. and inability ability to be compassionate at five o'clock in the morning after you've worked for such yeah. a long period of time you get what is known as compassion fatigue and then the ability to do to get yourself home after a night shift is, is clearly affected and sadly we've seen the tragic event of, of trainees who've who, who've died driving home uh, in in this country uh, following their night shifts it just should not happen
0: yeah i read some uh, interesting numbers that close to 40 percent of trainees reported having a near miss or accident when driving home and even more consultants, probably as they are older, yeah. <laughs> incidents yeah. rises. So 45% of consultants notes that they already were close to having an accident or even had one. So I think it really is a big problem if you think that's close to every second one of our colleagues.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, and I think we did earlier. Uh, <coughs> I think the Fight for Tea group, which, which was originated, I think, in 2015 in, in the UK, um, Really did quite an interesting piece of work where they took a trainee who'd worked 13 hours and they took them down to an advanced driving school and sat them in a in a driving simulator and recorded their sort of um, their sort of their, their what would be a typical for them 60 minute drive home and they actually showed how many times they veered out of the lane had micro sleeps of up to five seconds at a time which you know only takes one of those and one drift into another lane at, at the wrong time and potential catastrophe so it, this, this is not a theory, this is fact, that people are putting themselves at danger every time if they're fatigued and driving home.
0: So because I think every one of us will understand the problem when coming out of the hospital after a shift that you want to get home quickly and cannot, maybe it's not possible to take a train or it takes you much longer. So what can we do when seeing a colleague who is clearly fatigued?
1: Yeah, I, I, it is really, you know, I, I know myself and as you just described, you know, the, the, you want to get back, you want to get to bed, you want to get because you may have another night shift to follow it the next it, it, coming up in the next 12 hours. I mean, I think the important thing is you can't force people to go and have a rest so that you know you can't be it's like there's a bed lie down go sleep it yeah. do- doesn't work like that but I think we have to be more open about talking about it and certainly one of the things that we've brought in in, in in regularly in some of our practice in my hospital but also in other hospitals is is to have that check-in in the morning you're checking in to see what's happened overnight to make sure no catastrophes are happened, night people haven't suffered you know some, something significant that needs to be talked about but also once the handover's done it's like right you're okay you, you, okay, how long have you got to go go home well you know fancy a cup of coffee and let's talk about this or if you don't want, do you want to go and lie down and provide provide an appropriate quiet dark room that people can go and have a sleep where it's not outside theatres and there's orthopaedic surgeons hammering hammering <laughs> right next <laughs> to you keeping you awake so it's just about talking about and giving people the opportunity and it, it, People don't take you up on the offer all the time, but actually, it's surprising how many people are now saying to me, "Thanks, that's great. I'll just go and have t- two hours." And then you see them two hours later; they look, they look, they look different, and they go home. And it, it's, I think it's, it's, it's not attaching a stigma to it and making people feel guilty for wanting to do that. Yeah. it's just really important, and to give them the opportunity
0: to and feel that they can do it. It's a psychological effect as well, because if you had a horrible shift and someone asks you, "How are you?" before going home. I think it, it it makes something with the people's
1: well-being as well oh, and it, that is part and it's it's it is part of well-being it's it's it, it's it's just um you don't want people to take home what's happened overnight and stew on it and not have the ability to talk about it you know because people work in whatever environment in anesthesia perioptic obstetrics icu there will be nights which you just need to talk about what's and process what and begin to process what's happened and it just allow from a well-being perspective it doesn't then sit stewing till the next time you come in and you've wondered what you've done wrong or what i didn't do at the time and just having an open conversation and giving people an airspace just to say stuff that they want to do and be honest about it i think is really important
0: yeah so maybe this is one important message of this podcast to maybe have a short break in your daily routine think about yourself think about your colleague and Take out the speed and have a short moment for watching out for yourself.
1: Yeah, no, and I, yeah, it, it is as simple, isn't it? That, you know, we, we, we all know that there are many lists that go on all day. Single, a single anesthetist who doesn't get a break, doesn't get any food, doesn't even get the opportunity to go to the toilet, which is just, just you know, it, it's just cruel, isn't it, really? So I think it's just it's being aware of what's going on, and that, that's part of being maybe a leader in a department or someone who takes a more senior role, who has an oversight of what's going on, and recognizing that someone's either struggling or in difficulty, or it's just in need of half an hour, and then they can make that happen during the day and make sure they've eaten they have drunk they've had a break and their brain is, is is refreshed ready for the rest of the day so it it sounds simple but it's amazing how many times it doesn't happen
0: yeah so um maybe let's talk about what can people do what kind of resources are there if they are worried about their self about their department about their colleagues what can we do
1: so, so uh, yeah so there is there's there's I look at this in two distinct ways. So there's the individual, what you can do for yourself, but there's also changes you can start to make within your environment that you work. And I think they're both very important. I think there's only so much you can do as an individual before... The system that you work within on the environment you work within has to change for that for you to take the basically ease the pressure on on you as an individual but certainly there are lots of resources out there uh, that are that are available in terms of as an individual if if, if um for example on, on, on what we have a section on our, on our landing page on our website that allows people that if they if they think they immediately need some help they need to speak to somebody something really there's, a, there's, some, there's some contacts there that I can go straight to and speak to. And then there's the sort of, what, how can I manage my own fatigue? I will, firstly, recognizing that it's a problem, uh, recognizing what I can do about it. Simple things like you've already mentioned, you know, about having the break, having a moment, having the ability, caffeinated, all of those things that are there. Again, yeah. not difficult things to do, but also just as an individual, you can begin to manage your own fatigue. And part of that is, you know, if you're working at night with three or four other trainees, or three or four other consultants sit down and say right you know let's let's let, let's let, let's make sure we all get a break let's make sure i'll carry your bleak for an hour while you ha- you have a bit of time off uh, and, and if the work allows it you just make sure that there is that sort of because you're in it together at night aren't you? And, you and you and you're a team you're not just an individual so i think the you know when you're on a, on a night shift with a good team because people will be yeah. looking out for each other They'll they'll pop yeah. in and say Right, well, it's time for you to go off, and uh, I'll carry your bleeper. Or, or I'm going to have a lie down. I'm absolutely,
0: yeah,
1: what we yeah. recall is very tired. And this young country. I was going to say something else, then, but I won't. Um, <laughs> and um, um, uh, and looking out, and just looking out for each other, because if you look out for each other, someone's looking out for you. Yeah. And I think, and I think, I think anaesthesia is very good at that. We're, we're one of the better specialties going forward. And I think because we're more willing to talk about it, and actually we're just a bit more willing to maybe ask for it.
0: Yeah, and maybe show that we are not perfect ourselves.
1: No, and yeah. You know, to me, I'm not that impressed if someone works 13 hours and says how untired I am. That's, yeah. that, that, that borders on um, a lack of insight into yeah. human physiology
0: <laughs> because cause nobody, yeah. nobody yeah. can
1: work 13 overs, hours overnight and feel fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there are fact sheets from the Association of uh, Anesthesists. Um, you can just download them.
1: Yeah no I, they're, they're, yeah absolutely and uh, I think what's been really good for me to be here and speak to my colleagues across Europe is actually there are lots of pieces of good work going in, in, in lots of different countries and actually collaboration and sharing the resources that people have put a lot of hours and a lot of work in around these topics is is what we should be doing and you know and and, and if, if, if we find some good piece of work done somewhere we should we should bring it to our department to go look this is what we're doing in germany and yeah and this is really really good and we should be doing this because actually this is this is the benefit and equally so if we've done so we're very very happy to collaborate and share our resources for what the pieces of work that we've done and um you know if uh, yeah absolutely
0: yeah so everybody can check out the website there's even an app from the association of Anesthesists. you can download it and
1: there is, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, and all um, of all of the are uh, certainly all of the fatigue and um, rest facility. Um, uh, uh, I would say the posters you can download them as poster A4 poster size, and what you know, in, what we encouraged in the UK was everyone download them and just put them up in the department because actually people just walk by and have a look at it and then actually we found surgeons were looking at it we found pediatricians were looking at it and going oh, what's this all about and actually yeah. say well this is all about this and you can say oh, well that sounds like a good idea and actually then it starts to disseminate outside of your own yeah. specialty and then when you're on night shift everybody's speaking the, you know the if the, if you're up with a sick kid with a pediatrician you can make sure everyone's all right and and you know yeah. you're looking after each other in the hospital so i think uh, anesthesia has sort of led the way in some of these um sort of these initiatives and and i think we've had a lot of buy-in from our from our other colleagues
0: yeah and those sheets are graphically very nicely designed so it's you can just have a quick read it's not a big paper it's just easy messages they are uh, with different colors and you can just put it in front of your locker and everybody who passes by wanting to drive home can just read if he's able to drive or if he maybe should have a little rest and, or put it in the room where you have a little lunch on midday and people will maybe talk about it. So little things that might start the spark of, of this change.
1: Yeah, and I think we've got on our, on our department on the way out a sort of w- one sort of slightly big one that says, uh, just just check in. And it gives five very simple boxes, five awesome questions before you go home are you? And, you know, before even as you're walking out the door, it might just go, Oh, actually, no, I'm not. Actually, I need to do this before. And it's just, just it's little nudges and little um, suggestions that allow the individual to to sort of recognize and get insight into how they're feeling is really important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if you're from another country, those fact sheets, you could translate them yourselves or uh, the European Safety Patient Foundation, they started translating those sheets, so you can download them at some point. So yeah, its uh, you can s- also start contributing if you like.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, uh, just being at the uh, meet, there are some fantastic pieces of work going on from the patient safety initiatives from the European societies, looking yeah. at just again, which is why it's really important that we all collaborate, so that we all share our, our sort of knowledge and, and, and resources really. Yeah. So
0: maybe if someone thinks about well-being and is interested in that topic, how did you how did how did you start this? Because you probably didn't think about it in your in the beginning of your training as well, or maybe you did. No, um,
1: I, no, I, I didn't, and I think this is what often what happens is that something bad happens, doesn't? It, it makes you think about it. Um, and uh i spent 19 years in the royal air force uh, in this country and i spent uh, uh, and actually in a way that started if you if you uh, we we often refer and compare to the aviation world um uh in terms of safety and w- part of part of my training was was about uh, crew resource and actually managing how 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 people don't fly an aircraft when they're too tired and actually it, it made me start to think about how we managed I used to work in very small teams of four used to do about a long long flights uh, and and um, it was how you manage the fatigue in that. And then, so that started my sort of proactive, this is a good thing that we should start is looking. And then I had uh, a sort of very tragic uh, event on ICU that um, that a system failure failed a patient and, and bad stuff happened. And I think uh, it made me start to the effect, the, the effect that that had on me as an individual clinician yeah. and the team that were also involved and how we felt powerless because... Nothing that we had done and failed, but the system had failed and we felt personally responsible. And that just, that led to this concept of of harm that's just not happened to the patient, but it happens to healthcare staff. And actually that is going to happen. But then how we manage that was very sadly lacking and it's multifactorial how you manage it afterwards. Um, but it, it was lacking and it made me think about how we should be doing this better for yeah. our teams. Because I, by that stage, I was a relatively experienced consultant. But, but this could happen to someone who's three years into their training, three years into their job, and the impact on them may be greater than yeah uh, than me because of the experience I had yeah. behind me. So I think I think it just made made me think that we that are are the resource of our staff and our clinicians is need need to be looked after when these yeah. things happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important message. So maybe we. Um can draw some conclusions out of our little chat. So what do you think? What what should people take home?
1: I mean, firstly, like any problem, it's admitting there's a problem, isn't it? There's yeah. a problem. Um, so... We need to do something about it so there's things you can do as as an individual about how you manage the way you work and how you work at at night but actually more so i think is a growing momentum to change a, a department or a system that we worked in to recognize that primarily this is all about making sure we have safe care for patients and tired fatigued doctors do not provide safe, a safer care as if you're well rested and looked after during that time. So having, having the, recognizing that it's not just about resting, it's about a resting well doctor provides safe, safer patient yeah. care. And actually that's what we're all about is we want to make sure the care for our patients is as safe as possible. And if we don't look after ourselves and look after each other and look after the team delivering that care, then that we are probably letting our patients down. So actually, it's coming at it from that side, saying, "Well, I need to improve patient safety. To do that, I need to improve the working conditions yeah. and my own well-being, and my team's well-being, and my team's ability to deliver when it when it needs to, to most." So I think it's there's an individual behaviour thing. There's a, a system change we have to do, but actually, we just need to talk to each other. We need to share. We need to collaborate, and we just need to build a momentum.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, well-being is not just about your personal well-being and feeling no. good, but it's about patient safety. Yeah. It's also about a sustainable workforce for, work because if there are many burnouts in our society, we will have less anesthetists who can take care of the patients. So um, the, the, society, the European Society of Anesthesia and uh, Intensive Care will um, provide some guidelines ag- ag- as well about sustainability and about well-being. Because yeah. it's a topic that affects many disciplines and many areas of work.
1: Yeah, and because what we want is we want people to have a healthy workplace, a healthy work life, have a full career in anaesthesia, intensive care, and and deliver healthcare f- for as long as they feel they're able to. Really, but if we don't look after people, people will leave the specialty. They'll stop providing healthcare, and then ultimately, that that's bad for the individual. It's bad for healthcare. And it's bad for patients.
0: Yeah. I think those are good words to end this podcast. (laughs) So thank you very much for this nice chat, Dr. Davis. And thank you, everybody, for listening to us.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks, Alexandra. Thank you. So there
0: are many podcasts to listen to from the ESAIC. You can just uh, check them out at the different podcast streaming platforms. And see you next time again. Bye-bye and stay healthy.
1: Thank you. Bye.